still drunk from last night. A stranger is just a friend you ain't met yet. It's like you always say. It's not about the talent. It's about the drive. Compound bees. I think if there's a way to screw this up, you'll find it. Bees? Welcome to Compound B, a show about the boys. I am Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, and no, despite your best efforts, I will not defend you in a court of law. I am here with Magna Mills, and we're going to talk about Gen V, the recent spinoff of one of our favorite shows, The Boys. And it's set at Godolkin University, not Chicago. Otherwise, it would be Dub Boys. I am Magna Mills. Thank you for checking out Compound B, a show about The Boys, and that includes Gen V. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Find us on social media at Compound B Pod. Do not forget your weekly dose of Compound B. And do not forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. We greatly appreciate it. You don't have to go to class. All we ask is you had fun. Give us a thumb. And just a heads up, this is a full-on spoiler show for the boys. No cliff, no tear. So we will be spoiling the boys and Gen V. We could potentially spoil all released episodes of the boys and Gen V, as well as any of the original comic stuff. So you've been warned. Spoiler action. Here's the deal. We've seen the first three episodes. They dropped on Amazon Prime all at the same time. I'm always going to keep calling it Amazon Prime. That's why I subscribed to it so I could get the shipping, not because of the video. But here we are, and it's Prime Video now. Anyway, we're going to discuss the episodes one by one here. Again, y'all probably seen all three, but some person in the future might not have. So we're going to do our best to go one by one, not spoil anything from the upcoming episodes as we go through these. Yeah, and I, I think we're ready to go to class here or whatever is going on at God You. Mills, go ahead and make with the details, man, for episode two. This is a fun one. This is First Day, season one, episode two, the second overall episode of Gen V, originally released September 29, 2023 on Prime Video, along with episodes one and three, directed by Nelson Craig. He also directed episode one, and he's directed two episodes of The Boys, most notably Hero Gasm, one of our favorites, written by Zach Schwartz and Brant Engelstein. Special guest stars, Kobe Benifi as Ashley Barrett, guest starring, Patrick Schwarzenegger as Golden Boy, PJ Byrne as Adam Bork, Sean Patrick Thomas as Polarity, Marco Pigosi as Dr. Edison Cardosa, Alexander Calvert as Rufus, Jackie Tone as Courtney Fortney, Maya J. Bastidas as Justine, Daniel Bjorn as Social Media Jeff, Robert Basoki as Liam, and Matthew Edison as Cameron Coleman. Now, a word from Gen V. The Godolkin University Mental Health Hotline would like to remind students at this difficult time that you are not alone. You might be bulletproof on the outside, but you're not on the inside. Our caring staff is trained to deal with the specific emotional needs of superheroes, and they're here to help you. If you need someone to talk to, help is just a phone call or V message away. Hashtag God you cares best and the brightest superheroes the world has ever known, including three members of the seven. And who knows? Maybe you'll be next. What a tagline. Magna Mills, I do got to ask, just from a production standpoint, how good of a sales pitch did, did the, one of the writers do when they came into the, into the screenwriters meeting and said, guys, I got this character. Hear me out. The name's going to be Courtney Fortney. Like, how, how hard of a pitch did you have to do? To, to, you know, that's like me coming to you and being like, dude, I got this character. First name Kim, last name Burley. Kimberly, Courtney Fortney. It's a tough sell, right? But it works. It works. 
the funny part would be you would say all that and then it would just be like oh no that's my sister-in-law or that's uh you know my production assistant's name or something like that a lot of times writers do pull names from people they know or they've met or you know went to school with or something like that so there's a real possibility that this is you know obviously not based on a real person but it's a real person's name courtney Fortney. well i just i had to say it now <laughs> and you don't even know how they had to spell it too like c-o-u-r-t-e-n-a-y like courtney Courtney, Fortney. All right, man, enough with that. We all know about the talking here, but have you ever done talking with vodka? That was an interesting part of this episode. Let's start out with some shots. S-H-O-T-S. Magna Mills, remind everybody how that works. All right, man, we're just going to give our initial feelings about first day. That's episode two. It's kind of like deciding whether or not to go to class in college. If you're not really feeling the episode, you're skipping it. If you thought it was decent enough, you're just hitting snooze, you'll make it there eventually. If you loved it, you're in the classroom before it even starts, you're ready to go, the very definition of an on-time student. JBG, uh, you're doing shots first here, buddy. Man, I'm very close to being an on-time student, but I am going to hit snooze here, but I'm not going to be super late. I'm talking about just a casual late here. Um the middle of it, the meat of it, I understand the setups and there's some decent stuff in there, but there was kind of a lot of just stuff that wasn't overly exciting. Love the way it ended. Love the way it started. Couple pieces in the middle. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not five minutes early here. I'm more like seven minutes late. Yeah, I think I'm hitting snooze too, at least once. I, you know, I, I pretty much do that with everything. So it's really impressive when I'm on time or whatever. <laughs> I might have to have somebody else put my name on the, the sign-in sheet if it goes around before I get there. But I will uh, manage to sneak in when the professor turns around right on the board or whatever. Or I don't even know if they still use boards. I guess they probably do. They're just whiteboards instead of chalk now. A good episode. I, I would call it workmanlike. But, you know, it came in pretty cool. Definitely left you wanting more at the end, but I would say, you know, really, really minor spoilers, but it's probably my least favorite of the seat of the three. Again, it's not, I'm not skipping it or anything. It, it just wasn't particularly, you know, again, like you said, super stimulating in between. It just had to do a lot of things that they had to do to set everything up, move the plot forward, maybe retroactively. We'll, we'll like it a little bit more when we see how all these pieces line up in the long term. So, you know, definitely a solid episode. Just didn't quite have that like, holy, you know, that that crazy moment where you got to like call everybody, get on the text saying like, dude, did you watch this yet? Yeah. Well, let, I mean, it did have some good stuff. So that's a perfect segue here. Let's start with some of the fun stuff, man. When we open the episode up with a creepy cover of Nothing Else Matters, that gets me excited. And then we get to see our girl, OG Ashley, on a call with Godolkin trustees. And she is she is full-blown OG Ashley. I mean, it's it's basically keep going, Ashley. Am I right? I mean, how much have you missed having a little Ashley in your life, dude? She is splendid she's she could honestly in the boys universe she's certainly a top 10 character maybe top seven top five i mean she's absolutely awesome i would say in terms of the boys itself as far as from when she was introduced through season three she has probably grown the most on me and every time i see her i just like her a little more uh, good good she's either got a good wig master or she's like growing all her own hair back or whatever so that's good <laughs> i just love hearing the words come out of her mouth She's just always basically on one, for lack of a better term. And she's just always moving to the next thing. And bam, bam, bam. She takes no prisoners. It's just so much fun. And, you know, it's one of those things. She's so good at this. If she ever got fired from Vaught, she could probably just get one of those, like, professional, like, dominatrix-type jobs where she just berates dudes. They pay them, like, you know, pay her 500 bucks an hour just to make fun of them or something. She could probably do that really well. Like, she's definitely <laughs> good at just, she like, 
rounding the troops up kind of like putting you in your place a little bit and 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 it was so nice to have her and i think the show needed a little bit right we got a big let's just be real we got a big moment here where something crazy just happened and i like that they used her as a bridge to kind of connect what's going on at godolkin university and what's this hidden you know forest situation in the woods and they're, they're clearly hiding something in the significance of it all right and then oh also you realize the business behind superheroes and it's kind of cool because it, it's not as in your face in this show as it was with the boys they're kind of a little bit more subtle about kind of the nasty business behind it all but i thought this is a cool way of bringing her in to kind of to kind of bring that into fold yeah and we've seen this in the boys a lot where they kind of set the narrative right and that's what they're doing here they're deciding who's going to be the face of this why golden boy did it you know the drug thing or whatever and then the idea that they're already doing snap polling to try to figure out who they want to make the face of this as far as the spin goes. And that's where you see kind of Jordan get the shaft. It was alluded to a, a little bit in the first episode here, but like Brinks was basically their, their patron or whatever you want to call it. And without his support now they're stuck. And you know, we'll see that when the rankings come out, Ashley's even said like, yeah, that shit ain't going to fly in Jacksonville or whatever the exact nomenclature was. It was right. Yeah. It's just like middle America, the flyovers, whatever you want to call it. They're not doing, you know, the, uh, the Asian with the gender fluid gender thing, or again, whatever her words were there and so it's just interesting to see it kind of just in real time happen and you know this is something that definitely happens to a degree around the country all the time when crazy stuff happens there are meetings like this where they decide you know the great power brokers of the universe decide how this is actually going to be spun and it's a little interesting here to see just how they do it really i mean because this is quick right they're getting that cleaned up yeah. polishing this all out this is within hours i'm assuming well, yeah, I mean, you got a giant turd in the punch bowl here, and they got to figure out a way to smooth this out, deal with the ramifications, deal with the losses, right, financially and otherwise. And at the same time, the show's doing kind of a cool thing where they're bringing in a real-life issue and making it kind of modern times, right? Like, it feels like this this world is happening in 2023, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely feels that there are some modern you know, parallels going on here. And it also gave me some weird kind of, again, I think I said this in the first episode, but a little bit of Westworld vibes, especially with the Metallica cover. Westworld went to that well a bunch of times, but then you have this other world kind of beneath the, the world that's going on and everything like that. And there's these people kind of high up making the decisions. Yeah, I know that's not really probably what they were going for, but there is a little bit more of that kind of mystery box, puzzle box feel to it even here than there is in the boys where occasionally we get a little look in at this, but it's usually someone talking about their demo numbers or, you know, usually Ashley just saying something. We don't usually actually be in the room when they make these decisions for the most part or have these conversations. So it's definitely interesting to be a part of it. You know, I get a little succession vibes there too. That feels like a meeting well, you know, that Logan Roy would have had back in the day or something like that. 100%. And you, and you, you brought it up twice. I'm just going to give them credit so far, two episodes in love the needle drops, great music on this. The soundtrack so far through two episodes has been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, no real complaints there. The boys has always done really well with it. I would say this is a little bit more modern contemporary where the boys tends to use some of the older stuff a little bit more, but you know, everything has been pretty spot on right here. Can't really complain. Uh, any other thoughts about the, the Dean here, uh, Indira? She seems to be like a professional corporate type, right? Like a, one of those headhunter CEOs who's brought in to fix a failing corporation or get ready for a going public or something like that, right? That's the impression I got, at least the kind of her conversation with Ashley. Yeah, and 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 one of the biggest things that jumped out to me here was, you know, and I, I love that they just 
they they put it out there, right? There's no guessing around it like there was for the first three seasons and you know and change of uh you know two three seasons of the boys. She put it right out there when kids first found out that they weren't blessed by God with superpowers, but yet their parents gave it to them for their own, for their own personal benefit. We didn't have you know one suicide on my watch. Well, that's awesome, but you realize the magnitude of this. Now we're living in a world where they're aware, right? And and I think for for Mills, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least the first two seasons of the boys, if not bleeding into season three, we thought that it was they were just born with these powers, right? So I like that they kind of continued that what we know in the boys over into this world and they're they're not beating any stones about it. And I like her role here. It helps that she has the accent. Okay, it helps kind of smooth things, but I like her role here, and it, and it keeps you guessing a little bit. Not with a not from a who done it sense, but like, is she good or is she bad? And I don't know that we're gonna find out for a while, and that excites me. Yeah, I think they're gonna play that one very close to the vest. Would not surprise me even going into kind of the, the final episode or two of the season. We're still trying to figure out kind of whose side she's on, or maybe she's kind of operating on her own level. Like you know, we've seen that with characters on the boys, like you know, like a Victoria Newman. You're never sure kind of, is she on bot side? Is she kind of on the side of the, the soups or whatever? Or is she kind of just, you know, doing her own thing? And perfectly honest, we're still not totally clear on that. Right, right. We also see Adam Burke here, the director from season three of The Boys. And he's teaching a class called Acting for Auditions. And this is where we move Emma's plot forward. Mills, any, any thoughts on the Acting for Auditions other than how absolutely awesome Adam Burke was, I mean, the, he, dude, hilarious. This was one of the funniest parts of the episode for me is was watching him work here. Just phenomenal. Well, I think we've all, if anybody, I, I, I had a creative writing class and my professor for that class reminded me a lot of this, not as awesome as what we saw here, but just kind of that vibe. This was top notch. This was very funny for me. Yeah, man. You got to bring the funk, not the junk how you got to roll you know when you go into his class and shout out the actor here he just dude is just so kind of sleazy right and has that just kind of nervous incelly energy just going on and, and he just plays it perfectly and i know you'll like this one jvg dude acting for auditions would that class not really be taught by gene Cousineau? tell me that's not yeah, pure barry if you've ever watched Barry, uh, Gene Cousineau is the character Henry Winkler played in he is you know an acting teacher and this is exactly the kind of class Gene Cousineau would teach or he'd write about it in his book or whatever. So as soon as I just acting for auditions, that's, I was like, Oh, that's, a, that's a Gene class right where my brain went. Yes. Shout out Gene Cousineau. And if you haven't watched Barry, watch it and check out the Barry podcast. We covered that one and it was a ton of fun. You will enjoy it. Uh, Mills, what else here? Lots of, a lot to get through here. I mean, we, we start to see kind of Emma kind of the, the, her plot line move forward. Right. And this is where we see that, she got shunned by Liam where it kind of acted like, you know, he, he, he didn't know her anymore. And then we also see that uh, Justine who kind of calls Liam out, starts to bond with Emma here a little bit. Right. But to kind of gain her trust. And so a lot happens with, with the Emma plotline in this scene. Yeah. It really kind of, you know, she's been, kind of emotionally yo-yoed all over the place and you can see her break a little bit when he like calls over the other girl to be his scene partner or whatever and then justine comes in like a bat out of hell calling him out being like oh yeah like he just like bangs everybody just so like they can make him feel like he doesn't have a little baby dick or whatever it is 
in yep. the fact that Justine then turns around, like, you, like you're right, like that was the scene with them. It really seemed that they were connecting. She's like, oh, you know, I don't care about you being small or whatever. But then she goes on YouTube or VTube or, or whatever they have and basically tells everybody about the fact that she has to purge to shrink, basically. And, you know, she's like, oh, well, I didn't, you didn't tell me it wasn't a secret, but and it's still kind of. Yeah, definitely questionable morals for uh for Justine, I think, here, right? I mean, dude, she's gonna check to suck her own tail. Yeah, I mean, while while Emma bursts in on on kind of calling her out for for doing this, right? She's literally making another video, having the girl with the tail kind of do some provocative stuff with it. It, it. Like she's questionable here. She's absolutely digging for views. But again, how real world is this? You know, anybody who's got an adolescent child right now or, or a high schooler or a college kid you understand what goes on with trying to get views and the absolute cutthroat mentality to get your clicks and your likes and your views and putting you know like it, it's it's absolutely so spot on in terms of real world problems and then they've also you know just introduced bulimia here and how real world eating disorders is too so i really like that the show is tackling a bunch of these major issues and and doing it through the guise of having superpowers which really makes it even more interesting in my opinion yeah and please remember to like this video subscribe to the podcast all that stuff you know it's a real cutthroat dog eat dog world there and a shout out social media jeff I just like that he is just, that's so how he associates himself that he even refers to himself that way. That's usually what you think yeah. someone else would call him, right? That's what like, oh yeah, I got this guy working for me, social media, Jeff. He introduces himself that way. I think that's just hysterical. That would be like someone introducing himself. Hi, I'm such and such assistant. Like you don't even give a name. You just introduce yourself as the assistant or whatever. Uh, just the, I like the vibes there. Hey, dude, just don't even think about it. If you could have a tail, would you? No. No tail? No tail. Do, I'd be do I need to show you the videos of kangaroos knocking things over with their tail. I have a cat. I see plenty of things get knocked over with my cat's tail. Oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just so fresh watching that video with this girl. I, I don't know, man. That tail kind of grossed me out a little bit. Um, but I, I just kind of want to see here. a soup fight a kangaroo now. I would be there for that. Yes. Kangaroos are, dude, they're like pure muscle, man. It's, it's, that's what I'm saying. You know, that tail is, I forget the numbers on it, but they can, they can wreck stuff with that tail. It's wild. I'm digressing here, but there's a, there's a podcast out there where Mike Tyson literally eats a bunch of mushrooms and then like 45 minutes later loses his mind watching, um, shaved gorillas and kangaroos and then tries to imagine them fighting each other and who would win. And then if he fought them. It's a wild thing. Watch it. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, the crazy scenario of Mike Tyson. He is a wild person. But we get a little bit more plot development here with Marie, right, in, in first day. Let's start with the rankings. Are you surprised that she's the first freshman to be ranked in the top 10? Is that just how, you know, just to show kind of how big of a deal it's supposed to be? Or did you feel like this might have been a little rushed here to kind of get her in? Uh, we went from she's going to be expelled to... Now she's, you know, what was she, number seven or number eight? Yeah, I think she was eight. It makes sense, I guess, given the scene we saw where they talked about her poll numbers and they're setting her up. It just goes to show, right, that the rankings are kind of whatever. It's like Netflix or Amazon giving out their viewership numbers. It's basically like, oh, this is what it is. Just trust us. 
I, I think they said, you know, under the hood, it's a combination of like your grades, your social media presence. And like, you know, it kind of is like, you know, uh, how Donald Trump would say is that worth it? It just depends on how he's feeling that day. That does seem to be, you know, how the, or how the NFL referees call, you know, passive, pass interference or defensive holding or something like that. It can change by the minute based on how they're feeling or something like that. I think it is a bit much. You would think if Golden Boy was that hot stuff, how would he have not been in the top 10 as a freshman? You know what I mean? It just, it feels like they arbitrarily decided to put that line in there just to show like, oh, this is, this is really, really, really big. You know, I don't know if they needed it to, but I think it definitely devalues the rankings a little bit in my mind. But again, you know, I don't know. It, it does seem like they would care. Like in college, really, maybe the top, you know, 10% of the class cared about their grades and everyone else was there to just graduate or, or what have you. I don't know if they would be that competitive, but in somewhere like law school or med school, I'm sure they are. So I'm, I'm sure there's some truth to it, but I don't ever, you know, I think if there would have been college rankings back in the day, it almost would have been more fun to see if you could get the lower ranking than the higher ranking. Yeah. Well, and it was neat to kind of see, you know, because earlier in this episode, we see kind of the the talk before behind closed doors here where they're figuring out, you know, who's going to be number one, what they're doing, how it's going to work. And obviously we do see Andre here, number one, Jordan, number five. I love when Jordan finds out they're number five and they're just like, you know, losing their mind. And then when Marie finds out she's number seven, she can't even believe it. And how wild is it that Marie still doesn't have a cell phone? Uh, that, that's just crazy. Crazy time. Well, she does now because uh, what's you know the social media boy is going to hook her up with everything, even her uh, yeah. her V personal massager or whatever, uh, getting getting all that. She's getting pads and pods and all of the the PV technology, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> that was funny when she went out and she was finding out about the rankings in some dudes trying to like live stream with her or whatever. And she's like, who, you know, he's like, I'm here with my best friend, Marie. She's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, come on, man, I'm filming this. That felt yeah. you know, very real to this day where people are that online. You know, it's gone past taking pictures and videos. Now you have to live stream it. Dude, go to a college campus. Everyone's live streaming everything, you know, so selfie time. Everything's on Snapchat, TikTok and this. Every, every, it's the whole thing. It's just a, it's just a giant, you know, posting. It, it's, it's, it's wild um times have changed buddy i hate to say it but we're kind of old <laughs> what do you mean they don't give out actual like paper facebooks anymore you don't actually get a physical facebook is that not a i don't think you do anymore no <laughs> well at least then you don't have the stevie uh, upperclassmen trying to pay freshmen to like yo let me borrow the facebooks and they go make copies of it so they can hit on the freshman chicks uh yeah, there's probably some of that going on in gen v and you do get a little bit more of the Jordan plot here because they asked Marie to tell the truth. And we saw that it was the truth. They're the one who actually fought Golden Boy. It looked like Marie was ready to at the end, but she never really actually threw down with him like that. And we know that Jordan is being shunned because of basically the whole PR-ness of it all. It's just not going to play as well. So that's something that we see when Marie has the interview. She's definitely looks like she's going to do that, right? She's going to talk about Jordan. You see her rehearsing it. And then right before the interview, uh, Haley the, I think Haley Miller, the chick interviewing her, she just kind of casually mentions, oh yeah, emailed your your sister Annabeth to, you know, to get a comment or whatever. And then she says, oh, and you know, she said she doesn't want to have anything to do with you, basically. Do you think, A, that the, the lady was telling the truth, and B, is that why Marie changed her mind and didn't tell the truth about Jordan being the one who kind of really fought Golden Boy? I think it threw her off 100%. And no, I don't think she was telling the truth. I think she was literally trying to get raw emotion and reaction. And, you know, I, I, I just, and it's so messed up, man. But again, I, I think they're trying to drive the point home of how absolutely ruthless this world is and the power and, and just 
people using people. And to a large degree, it's 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 the worst of our of our world, right? Um, when people use people, that happens in the real world. Not everyone, obviously, but it does. And it's 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 a it's a terrible thing. And and the whole thing with Jordan too. Like I, I'm really interesting where interested where this plot line goes. Will Jordan become teamed up with the Andres and the Marie's and the and the and the Claire's of the world, or or will Jordan become kind of black noir, so to speak, and go out on their own and figure it out that way? So uh, really curious to see what what happens with Jordan. Definitely getting the short end of the stick here. Yeah, I would settle for any way we get more scenes with Buster Beaver or whatever. I, I don't know if that's going to happen here. Uh, maybe they have a, a joint in the campus cafeteria or whatever. Yeah, I'm just curious where that goes. It seems like seems like they're laying a lot of track for it to go somewhere. Uh, any other thoughts on Marie's interview overall? I, I thought she did pretty well with it, you know, and it took her a minute to get going, but I think she got the job done the way that they were hoping for, at least. I think the actress has everything. They they casted really well here. She's doing a phenomenal job kind of playing this, like, not ho-dunk innocence, but just kind of, like, innocent, naive, not really exposed to a lot of stuff, but has super potential. They're, they're really tapping into this. And, and I like it because, Mills, it makes me believe, okay, are, do these people really care? Or are they manipulating and using her because she is so naive and sheltered and hasn't been exposed? She doesn't even have a phone right up until this point so could she be easy to manipulate and control right so it kind of plants that seed again kind of goes to the overarching thing here it's not a full-blown clue style whodunit or anything like that but there is a little bit of that in this yeah you even have the mysterious sister i mean we know she really exists we saw that in that opening scene for episode one so we know it's not a a fight club situation or something like that sorry if it's spoilers for fight club but it's been a minute for that one I'm just curious as to how they wind up bringing it back around overall. And I, I think they have to kind of. You brought it up, a, you know, pretty prominently here. I don't think it's something that they can drop. And I don't know if they're at the point right now they should be saving that for season three or something. So I'd like to see, you know, some movement on the on the thing with their sister, maybe some one way, shape or form for the end of the season. Yeah. And not only are they bringing it up, we're seeing it in flashbacks. We're seeing it in her dreams. Like it's 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 a thing. So de- definitely excited about that. Let's move on here, man. We spent we we got to spend a little bit of time with Andre Anderson this episode. We saw him a couple of times in God You, but we really got a proper introduction to him here in first day. The show is leaning pretty hard into the fact that his dad is uh, Polarity, a famous soup. Do you like them leaning into the whole nepotism thing here? Uh, that's been a hot issue in the entertainment industry and political industry uh, lately in in real world. So this is another kind of modern current day thing that's shown itself here in the show uh, are you saying that an owner's son isn't qualified to run a uh, professional sports franchise or something like that is that what you're implying here that they're not just given that right by birth yeah i think it's very interesting they did because that's something we haven't really seen on the boys right we've seen superheroes from previous generations and, and yeah we, we say we're spoiling everything so here in the show you do find out that homelander is technically the genetic progeny of soldier boy you know, not they didn't do it the old-fashioned way, but they made him in a lab for his stuff. But we haven't really had that other than what they started to touch on in the end with Homelander and Ryan a little bit there. But again, that's, you know, a little bit of a different thing here. You know, obviously he wasn't raised by soups to be soups. It is a little bit like the athlete thing, I feel, a little bit, right? You know, when your father or mother is a professional athlete, you kind of want to grow up emulating them and you, you want to be like them. And then there's pressure to be as good as they were and then to be better than they were. So I think it is an interesting 
you know, just aspect to tap into here. And you do get that in college with the legacies and everything like that. People trying to follow in their parents' career or pledge the same fraternity or play on the same team or whatever it is. Well, and you get, and you get the level of nepotism too. Like, Hey, I'm getting into Duke because my dad went here and went to, you know, like whatever it is. And I'm not, not to say that just happens at Duke. I just threw it out there. It's, it's all colleges, nothing wrong with Duke. I love Duke. Uh, go, go blue devils. In but... your defense, Kadokin, the dorms look a little bit like Duke's dorms. I've actually been to Duke. There are a couple, the, the campus, there are a couple similarities, not gonna lie. So I, I do like this and I like that, you know, cause a lot of times it's like, it could be the opposite too. Like I want to rebel and not be my dad. And I think what's so cool about this is you can clearly see the tension between Andre and his dad. And I got a feeling that there's going to be a major clash there between those two, men. I don't, I, I, I you see a brewing here. Right. And so um, that, that's good. This is going to be a fun way to kind of tap into Andre. And, you know, I guess they're doing a pretty good job here, kind of giving us something with and showing us who, who some of the main characters are here in episode two. Yeah, and maybe one of the things I ding this episode for a little bit, it shouldn't matter that much, but how the hell did Golden Boy put that phone in the polarity statue and then cover it up? And then on top of that, why did he put it in his crotch? And then on top of that, how did Andre know to look in the crotch right away? And just what kind of Freudian issues are going on here when your first instinct is to look into your dad's crotch? And how do you get that from simply a camera that's been burned? I, I mean, I get that he's been chewing on this thing, but it's a bridge too far. I mean, I get he's been thinking about it, chewing on it, but come on, man. Like, you, you can't tell me that, you know, you, you can't tell me that you looked at that and then all of a sudden now... Oh, it's right here in the crop. I mean, right. You think you maybe have to punch a couple of holes in it first looking for it. I don't know if that's where I would go. And to be honest with you, it sounds pretty much like Brain? I guess. Well, your dad knows maybe you go to the head. Because he could have just mailed the phone to him, right? He could have just done the, we've seen yeah. that how many movies when someone mails a videotape of himself to somebody or put it in a safety deposit box and, and leave the key somewhere they could find it or something. It, it, you don't, I do not know. We, we haven't understood his powers or whatever, but it, Unless he made an entirely new statue, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> and it's fine. It's a really minor pothole, but it bothered me a little bit. Well, you're not alone, though. I, when Watching this one, I was like, damn, dude, I don't know that I can get on board. Like, it just didn't make a lot of sense. So. Yeah, I think they just had to get to the point. They knew where they wanted the episode to end. And it, it is, you know, pretty boysish, but it does play into kind of the mystery boxing here where he gets the video, figures out, he goes looking for the woods and then gets confronted by the security guy. I said, shout out to poor janitor, dude, just, just mind his business, doing his job. Like, I guess, again, probably didn't need to go that far and show that, but I think they're just trying to illustrate how cutthroat this is. If you get near it, you're dead, that kind of thing. Uh, good job here. And then, you know, we finally get to see Kate really use her little push powers a bit. Uh, you did have the the one bit, I think, before when she had the dude like hit himself in the in the nuts and say Jumanji every time or, or whatever that was. Yeah. But here the they bat. do the whole thing with the uh, the flashlight or whatever. And I have to admit, when it was first happening, I didn't quite understand because I'm like, wait, do we know that chick who's saying this? What's going on? It took me a minute to figure out that she pushed the chick and then she pushed the dude or whatever. I didn't quite get it at first. Yeah. I, right. It took me a minute. For a minute, I'm like, what is she talking about? lick on the flashlight what is that like i didn't understand it took me a minute to get it and then i was like oh and then i realized that's it was actually like a very funny kind of it's so outlandish and ridiculous and boysish to a certain extent that it just it, i don't know man it works and it was funny it added like a comical presence where i chuckled you know i mean that's I, 
a little LOL, as the kids say. The dude's line reading when he's like, give me that flashlight or whatever. <laughs> it <Yeah>. was so <laughs> good. And I'm just wondering, I'm like, what kind of research did he do for this? I'm kind of worried about the kind of videos he had to probably watch to uh, to get that line reading so perfect. Give me the fucking flashlight. But it was, I, I definitely super lulled. Right, well, two for two here at taking something that would be, you know, extremely inappropriate, and it is, but making it very, very, very funny. And I'll give him that, man. Two, two, two and oh there. Um, I'm there for it. It's, it's, it, it was a funny moment in this episode, and it kind of needed it. The, 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 the show needs a little bit of comic relief, and that's one thing the boys did so well, and I know we're not covering the boys here, but we have to talk about it. it they provide so much comedy relief and a comedy element without even trying just because they have like butcher and how how hilarious butcher is just every time he talks but like you know what i mean like this show doesn't have the same level of being able to be funny just by reading the dialogue you know or the way they're saying something that's not intended or written to be funny so it, it needs some of this stuff a little bit yeah the boys is one of those shows you're just amazed at how the dialogue just pops all the time we try to do our favorite quote it's just not something that comes into play here i'd say the dialogue is i wouldn't say more realistic but it's just kind of i'm used to it more it doesn't stand out maybe just the particular way people on the boys talk essentially we pointed out you know og ashley homelander butcher they have this very specific vocabulary and physical language and everything that just makes it amazing and i will say i am disappointed super the minorest of spoilers for episode three but i would have loved if some point we got a joke that we found out like the chick went all the way through with it and like actually stuck the flashlight up there and you just see dude being like gurneyed away with like the flashlight sticking out or something like that and then just as a background gag that would have been pretty hysterical You're like oh that's the dude he went through with it or whatever because you get the idea that he they were probably going to go through with it i think oh i think they did go through with it i mean it, i would have just i don't want to see the actual damage i'm just no, like a real God, far no, away no, them loading him into an ambulance or something like that i would have liked that i thought that would have been a nice little touch and they and they like put the sheet yeah, there's like a the, sheet over like, him and you just see the yeah <laughs> Yeah, see, uh, so it's pitching a tent. All right, man, that the funny moment. Let's move on here. What was the most college moment from first day? What made you feel like you were back in college again, baby? It's pretty college when Marie's like had the bad, what you know, everything happened. And she goes back to her room, and Emma's like, I wasn't totally sure what you're into, so I packed the bong. A train beer, transistor vodka. I mean, honestly, if you want the harder stuff, just give me an hour and can pull it together. I am with you. You pick any of it. Should we do all of it? We should do all of it, shouldn't we? Emma. Like in college, that would be sometimes your roommate come home had a bad day or something like that. And you're you're supposed to do homework. You got to get up early class, and it's like, nah, you're more important right now. We're gonna need to go ahead and uh, go to this party or, or do something else. Like you're you're having a bad one, so we're just gonna go ahead to, to trash whatever I was supposed to do, and we're gonna get into this thing. That that felt super college to me. Yeah. And and shout out to having a great roommate. Um, you know, Emma and dude, a great Emma, room. Those are we, some nice sized rooms. I would have killed huge rooms. Room that big is. Huge rooms. I used room. to, have to sit on my bed. My bed was my desk chair. That's yeah. how I sat at my desk. I sat on the edge of my bed. Yeah, huge, beautiful, incredible room with comfortable beds. Um, I'm right there with you, Mills. I'm just gonna say too, just managing the swings of a day, like one moment you think. You know, you found out you 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 cannot handle this class, and then the next moment 
like you're being nominated to like go do something else. Like just the swings of like all the stuff that happens throughout the college day for me was kind of, you know, I mean, and you look at like Marie's day, dude, like, I mean, she's, that is managing some serious emotion um, and the ups and downs of it all. And uh, yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, college is like figuring out how to critically think and manage the ups and downs of it all. And that, that, that shows it right there in a, uh, uh, in, in one singular episode. So that was it for me. Now it's time to give our favorite, the boys adjacent moment of the episode. We got a couple of contenders here, Mills. What are you going with? Oh, dude, this is, no brainer, just OG Ashley. Worth of Golden Boy merch at the Port of LA that I'm gonna have to set on fire. So what's the fucking play? Just every word she said, the way she said it, her presence, so much fun to have her back. You know, felt like she was making this phone call in the middle of a scene that's happening on The Boys right now. Like she's in episode two of season four of The Boys while this conversation is happening. You know, we see her pick up the phone, but we don't hear what it is in that episode or something like that. Threw me right back into The Boys. So most definitely. OG Ashley, you with me? You're gonna go with your your man uh, Adam Bork over there. I'm gonna second that emotion. I am going OG Ashley, baby, because I feel like giving you a lifetime of devotion. OG Ashley, we love you. Please keep coming back. There you have it, man. Godolkin has their rankings, and so do we. It's time for our Gen V rankings. We're two episodes in here, so let's rank our top three characters. Mills, you're on the hot seat. All right, I think this one's pretty easy. I think we still kind of have a clear top three here, but it could be changing soon. At three, I have Emma. Shout out Lil Cricket. Gotta always remember, love saying cricket, one of my favorite words. At number two, I have Andre. Definitely seems to be on the come up. And maybe he also has a superpower we don't know about where he can tell where any phone is hidden inside any statue at any time, anywhere. Maybe that's a power, I don't know. And at one, still Marie, you know, all over the place. Definitely had a very, you know, emotional roller coaster of a day. But she seems that she is in charge and rising up the rankings, literally. How about yourself? Uh, exactly the same. I mean, I, I know I'd hate to do that. I don't want to be boring, but that those are my rankings. Marie on top. She clearly feels like the lead here. I really like her development. Uh, excited to see what she does. I, I like how the show's using her. Two, we got Andre. He's clearly emerged now as kind of the, the quasi one now that Golden Boy is dead. Uh, but I like where they're taking his character, kind of this rebelness to him uh, that I enjoy. And then three, I got to give it up for for Emma, little little cricket. I like what's happening with little cricket. I think it's a great character. So excited to see the development there. Shit, man! Since it's college, there does have to be a grade involved. Mills, on a scale of F minus to A plus, what grade do you want to give the first day, the second episode of Gen B? I'm going to go with a C plus. It wasn't a bad episode, but I think it was, again, my my least favorite of the first three minors of spoilers there. I have no problem with it. Just a lot of setup. Brought it in pretty good. Went out pretty good. In the middle, it was just busy doing setup work. Nothing wrong with that. You need those episodes. The best of shows could make the setup episodes super interesting in their own right. Again, nothing was wrong with it. C plus is... Basically, the you know, the kissing cousin of a B minus. So right there on the borderline, you know, how about yourself? Hey, hey, man, I made a living off of C plus early in my early in my tenure there at school. So I'm giving it also a C plus. I was right there kind of. I had it. I had it on my paper as a 79 and there's nothing wrong with the 79 or here. I thought it was a you know good episode. Not great um, for all the same reasons that you said. 
Really like the beginning, really like the end. It has me excited to watch the third episode. So uh, that's that's where I'm giving this thing. C plus, buddy. Nothing wrong with that. No re- I mean, you may not be pinning it on the fridge, but you're not, you're not, I'm not like disappointed about having a C plus. It's okay. This early on in, in the semester, you're fine. Yeah, I may or may not at one point owned a, a D is for diploma t-shirt. And you've done just fine, good sir. Anything else before we move on to episode three? It, just one little minor bit. I am really a fan of social media, Jeff. And now in my head, I have this whole thing where he's going to cross over into the boys and work for OG Ashley. And she is just going to constantly yell at him and insult him or whatever. And he's just going to keep grinding out the content. I'm there for that. Then I'll get a social media Jeff shirt. <laughs> he he was hilarious. And again, much needed humor. I, I will give the episode that it kind of sprinkled in some humor, both with auditions for acting and then uh, acting for auditions. And then, you know, social media Jeff, OG Ashley, and then course the flashlight scene so uh some good stuff there thank you guys for checking out compound b join us on our next episode where we will cover episode three of gen b titled hashtag think brink and thank you for checking out compound b once again i will remind you it's a cutthroat world out there in the streaming and whatnot so please don't forget the flaps follow like and please subscribe helps us out a ton helps other people find our channel Find our show, again, on the YouTube, wherever your podcast, on social media, at Compound B Pod. If you had fun, please don't forget the thumb. Thank you guys again for checking us out. We're excited to be here all season long with you. And don't worry, you're going to find out what the B in Compound B stands for. It stands for... Weasel Snag the B. All right.